Raymond, two 49er players with vastly different styles of careers have retired this week. On one hand, you have Jordan Reed. On the other hand, you have Alex Smith. On a scale of 1 to 10, where would you put each player's impact to this franchise? I would put Alex at a solid 10 for helping engineer a three-year NFC Championship run. And I would put Jordan Reed at what I believe is a fair zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right, Raymond Wolf, or for fans of Alex Smith, why don't you let them know where they can find the gold cast? You can always find us on Instagram and follow us there. Leave a comment on our amazing posts. And you can also follow us on Twitter at the underscore goldcast. And be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere that podcasts are syndicated, we can be found. If you're on the YouTubes, make sure to leave a like and a comment. That way it tells the YouTube algorithm what to do with our video. And uh, make sure to hit the little notification bell. That way you get live notifications on when we go live on the line, baby, for brand new episodes because we always want you to be involved in the discussion while they're hot. Get them while they're hot. Strike while the iron's hot, especially on today's episode, because we are going to be talking about the awesome and respectable pro career of Alex Smith, as well as some um, great news coming out of the continued giant success early on in their season. That's right, Raymond. Absolutely huge show today. 49ers talk, Giants talk. I love when we get Giants talk in. Especially when they're not trash. (laughs) Yeah, it's fun when they're good. It's really fun when they're good. Yeah, it sucks when they suck. It sucks talking about this when they suck. <laughs> hey guys, remember how shitty our team was and that they lost again tonight? You know, that's like that's our that's the show. Raymond, it sucks to suck. And Lord knows we've done it. We've done it. We've done, we've we've spent seasons talking about this with thick and thin. We're here no matter what. No no bandwagoning, no fair weather here. All day, all bay. That needs to be a shirt. <laughs> All right, here we go. Raymond, the greatest podcast intro is about to drop. The greatest fanalist in the game. He's in the building. You're professor of fanalism. I'm here too. Class is in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom. Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the Voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa first, baby. Boom! All right, Raymond. You know, a lot of times we're looking at where our teams are going. We are looking at the games they have recently played, the games they're about to play. But every now and then, there's an episode where we take a look back at something that has happened way in the past. We take a look at a player that has greatly impacted this franchise at one point or another, and we take a look at them. And today, that day is dedicated for our boy, Alex Smith, a player that you and I have defended many times, a player that you and I have respected, uh, a player that I think really, despite all of the adversity and the things he had to overcome, did a really great job of meeting the meeting and exceeding the obstacles put in front of him. And no case in point better than probably the breaking of his leg and in his subsequent return last season to the Washington football team. So Raymond, Alex Smith officially announced his retirement on Instagram. 
He had a very moving video. Uh, it was pretty awesome. Showed highlights from uh, all three teams, from the Niners, from the Chiefs, from the Washington football team. Across the league, analysts and players alike have come out in support of this decision and just in support of just, just what a tough fighter Alex Smith uh, was and will, I'm sure, continue to be even in his post-career. I look forward to what he does. It'd be great to see if, uh, maybe he gets into something like uh um, you know, um, some sort of media stuff where he's talking about the Niners or talking about football. It'd be great to hear what he has to say. I'm sure he's, you know, he's a really bright guy. And so, Raymond, I want to start with you first. Uh, what are your thoughts on Alex Smith announcing his retirement? Well, it's a little bittersweet, you know, because I think, I think uh, like a lot of Niner fans, I can't speak for all of them, but I think a lot of us have always been wondering, you know, what would have happened in the 2012 season had Alex Smith been allowed to kind of continue his trajectory once he came back from injury? He obviously went down with a concussion, and we were 6-2 and two at the time, but we obviously saw that the offense seemed to open up a bit more with Colin Kaepernick. And although Colin Kaepernick made a valiant effort in the Super Bowl to almost winning it, you just can't help but wonder, you know, if— Alex Smith was there, would he have added, would he have been able to kind of give us over that one little hump that we couldn't get over to secure the victory in that contest? But I mean, that's neither here nor there. I think probably one of the most consummate pros I've ever known in terms of just having to deal with so much BS his whole career, just never really getting a fair shot until, you know, I think what, five or six years into his career is when he finally got a decent shot between 2011 and 2013. Uh, he got a good run with Jim Harbaugh and that squad and was able to kind of showcase, you know, a much better developed skill set, the, the skill set that we all kind of hoped that we were going to get out of him when we drafted him in 2005, even though he never became the Aaron Rodgers. Um, he still showed that he was capable of leading a team and winning. You know, he went to three Pro Bowls uh, in his career, including one when he was a Niner. And the other two was when he was in Kansas City. And that, uh, you know, this guy ended up having a great career, made a lot of good money, earned his money, and never, the, the biggest thing, the biggest compliment as I can give him is despite all the shit that he dealt with in terms of just going through six different offensive coordinators, which is not never a recipe for uh, success, prolonged success in the NFL, kept his mouth shut and his head down, never bitched, and, you know, is going to go, is going to ride out on top in my book. That's a great way to put it. He does ride out on top. You know, this is a guy that, like you said, really, really Alex Smith has always shown that he was more than capable of not just being a a a good or decent football player, but capable of leading a team to very high levels of success. NFC Championship. Kyle Williams doesn't just, you know, arguably make the two worst special teams plays ever performed in the history of the San Francisco 49ers. And he probably leads that team to the Super Bowl. Now, whether or not they beat the New England Patriots, who knows? Again, I think that the outside of showing that he's more than capable of leading teams to great heights when he has the right system around him, which uh, not, all, not all quarterbacks are capable of doing, 
But not only that, there's always, like you mentioned at the beginning of your statement, there's always going to be a lot of what ifs that surround Alex Smith's career, right? What if he had a proper system there the day he was drafted? What if he went to Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers would come to San Francisco? What if Kyle Williams doesn't mess up the, those plays in 2011? What if they stick with him and uh, they stick with him through the re- the regular season and into the post? Do we still defeat Green Bay? Maybe not at the scorching level that we did with Colin Kaepernick, but do we still get to that Super Bowl in 2012? There are a lot of big questions of what ifs, but the great part is of the body of work that we do have, when he's in the right system, when he's with Harbaugh, when he's with Andy Reid, when he's in the big moment, and of course, I'm I'm gonna get right to it. When he's in, when he's in the middle of playing the New Orleans Saints, the catch three. When he's in those moments, Alex Smith has shown he's more than capable of staying cool as ice and leading a team to victory. He was never the most prolific passer. Really struggled to get over 300 yards. Really struggled on third down conversion, which was a, a major problem with the 49ers and the Chiefs. You know, I would say maybe those are probably the two things that seem to really set him back from taking it to the next level. But what he did have was a level of intangibles that were really, really hard to quantify. He just had, he just knew how to win. He knew how to win and he knew how to win under the bright lights in the big moments. And he knew how to pull things off when the team asked him to do it. And he proved this both in San Francisco, Kansas City, and Washington. And of course, I mean, what more can be said than about the broken leg? The broken leg comeback, you know, he, he had to get, it was 18 surgeries to, to repair his leg. He thought he was never gonna walk again. He almost died. They thought he was gonna have to amputate his leg. And he talks about it in the video, which I thought was very fascinating, how he talks about how they're really struggling to really, you know, break ground on his rehab. And it wasn't until the the rehab specialist put a football in his hand and made him use the football during the rehab that it all started to work again. Right. It, it was the, the muscle memory, the body, the desire, the love for the sport. And uh, it's what really helped bring him back. Brilliant move by the rehab people. Brilliant, brilliant move by those specialists. That's probably why those people get paid millions of top dollars to do these kinds of uh, rehabilitations. But it also just goes to show you that not only did Alex Smith, you know, not, not only was he willing to overcome adversary, he was willing to overcome the greatest of adversity. And I think that is the superpower that Alex Smith has shown his entire career, his ability to overcome the greatest levels of adversity it really is raymond take me back uh let's talk a little bit about the catch three what who the game that you and i both agree is probably the greatest game alex smith ever played definitely as a 49er maybe chiefs fans feel different and maybe washington fans maybe you could say the first game he started back last year might be the greatest game that he's ever played i saw that on a couple lists today of greatest alex smith games that was listed pretty high too is coming back from that injury and playing but raymond your thoughts on the catch three well, it's my favorite game of his career because it was Niners got backed into the playoffs, new coaching regime, more or less the same talent that we had drafted through Scott McLuhan's uh, great mind when it, when he was sober anyways. And, you know, we're able to finally put it together under Harbaugh, uh, albeit in his kind of weird way that he likes to coach football teams that seems to always get him you know, in and out within a three or four year window. And, uh, and it was just great because Alex Smith, I think was ready for the challenge from the, from the moment, you know, we got to the playoffs and despite 
having to face a New Orleans Saints team where Drew Brees was only a couple, a few years removed from a Super Bowl championship, and he was at the height of his powers, and handedly defeating him, you know, one of the most accurate the most accurate power statistically in NFL history in a Drew Brees. And he threw five touchdowns of his own, zero interceptions. He's actually 14 and two in terms of touchdown interception ratios throughout his entire playoff uh, appearances. So he was very efficient in the postseason. Didn't have the wins to necessarily reflect that, but that's not necessarily on him. That's a combination of defensive woes and bad offensive lines. Kansas City is notorious for having terrible offensive lines he got sacked 45 times back-to-back seasons on those teams but again that's a different podcast but the 2011 divisional playoff round was just absolutely a showstopper it's actually kind of a a pretty average game for the most part and then in the fourth quarter when him and drew Brees just really started to go toe-to-toe and the defenses were just gassed and couldn't stop either of us uh, whether it was us with the ball or, or New Orleans with the ball, Alex Smith answered the call and had his, you know, Joe, his Joe Montana slash Steve Young moment uh, where, you know, he was able to etch himself into permanent 49ers lore by, you know, making a big time throw and getting a big time score in a big time game. And you only get you only become a 49ers legend when you're able to do something like that. And he was able to do it. So not an easy thing to do. And the fact that you even get mentioned in the same breath as a Joe Montana and Steve Young, because you were able to accomplish something similar in a big time game, I think just speaks volumes to what his career was, despite, you know, having the early, you know, uh, hurdles to overcome. He was able to sustain himself and keep the course and have some big moments that, us as fans are never going to forget. I like how you describe that. And I think you might've just coined a new term right here in real time on the gold cast, the Montana moment. If you know, if you really want to be etched in history, you have to have your Montana moment. You have to have your great comeback. You have to have your, your win in the final seconds. Like having a Montana moment is very difficult. And we only can think of two other quarterbacks that have had it, you know, well, you know, cat, Cap Cap is different. Cap Cap never quite uh, did. Cap have a great comeback. I don't. Cap just destroyed teams. He just ripped teams in half for like for like two seasons. That that, that his Montana moment was just steroids. Was just yeah. ripping teams apart like like he's Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I don't, I don't in a know wrestling if he, match. Um, he he doesn't he doesn't quite meet the criteria because the catch it was. The game's on the line. You're down. It's a playoff game. It's do or die. It's not regular season where you get to go to next Sunday. And Montana made the catch of his, made the throw of his career. Steve Young had a similar thing. It wasn't the 94 season, but it was the 98 season. And it was a playoff game as well. And, you know, game was on the line, waning seconds, have to score or you lose. The catch two, right? The catch two. The catch two. And Alex Smith was in the exact same moment. Very similar. Alex Smith and Steve Young's, both their catches are much more similar than Joe Montana's. Uh, it's it's crazy how similar those two catches are. Um, and, you know, the fact that they were also made by, you know, uh, emotional players. Uh, you know, Vernon Davis cried as he ran back to the sideline, as, just as T.O. cried as he ran back to the sideline. Just very, just, you know, the, the ghost of 49ers past was channeling, you know, Candlestick Park that night, that day against the Saints. And it's just pretty, it's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome moment. So yeah, I, 
Cap has his own little moments that that get permanent get permanent status, you know, like decimating Green Bay in the playoff games with his legs and his arm um, is pretty awesome. But as far as having that come, if he'd have got the throw to Crabtree in 2012, that would have been his Montana moment, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been his Montana moment. Um, and, you know, to be honest, I, I don't ever really like to be in positions where we need a Montana moment. I just want to win comfortably by 14 to- points. <laughs> no, it's actually... <laughs> Yes, I'd rather have the blowout than to be on pins and needles waiting for a catch three or four. Because guess what? There's only three catches, and there's decades of Niners football. So the, the <laughs> likelihood of that bailing you out is pretty pretty slim. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> You're totally right. You're totally right. But Alex Smith, he has his Montana moment. Congratulations to him, and uh, we definitely look forward to seeing what you do. Um, in your in your post retirement career. All right, Raymond. Let's move on. We talked about this a couple days ago that our Giants are rolling. What's that? What's what's that, Bryce Harper? Oh, you lost. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe bitch to somebody else that cares. They rolling. Uh, once again, Raymond. Okay, we we have a tough time in Miami. We go down two. We we win we win that one in a in a classic one zero <laughs> showing from the Giants and then go back to back here with the Phil, with Philly and take two in a row, to go two in a row to now win three total. We have one more game and then we got to go back to Miami and play three more or three or four more games against Miami. So it'll be good to test see if we can get some revenge going back into Miami. But game two against the Phillies starts off pretty bleak. You know they're up. Four zip. We've scored nothing through the first four innings. Fifth inning comes around. We finally put three on the board. They put two more on the board. Now it's six to three. Seventh, sixth inning, we put one up. Seventh, shutout for both teams. And the eighth is when this really breaks open. Two, three run homers to put this game completely to bed. We get a quick scare in the in the ninth. Jake Jake McGee allows uh, allows a home run which was the which the the play right before the foul ball before almost caught by Yastrzemski. It was right there. He, he's leaning over but his his glove kind of hits the chair, the ball bounces out and immediately next play, boom, home run for for the Phillies. Now it's like okay, 7 to 10, Giants still winning. Are are we going to pull this out? Bryce Harper comes up. Bryce Harper does Bryce Harper things when he's going against a Giants team that's good. Jake McGee puts him to bed. Boom, boom, boom. You know, and and it's a wrap. We're now up 2-0. We've won three in a row since uh, since the series with Miami. And we are still looking good. We're sitting here now at 11-6. and six. We are holding on strong to that second spot. Padres coming back. Padres trying really hard to, to overtake us. But right now... The Giants look fantastic. Raymond, give me your reactions to this nice three-run stretch we've had. Once again, Giants putting together a series of wins to continue to stay at second place in the NOS. Uh, They've literally won won 10 out of the last 14 games, uh, which is fantastic. And the offense finally woke up tonight, which is another big one. I know Dickerson had the big three-run bomb to put him ahead 7-6, and they never looked back. So that was nice to see. Posey also went yard two times in this game as well. So we've all been waiting for this to happen because it's just been Longoria and Solano really kind of doing a lot of the dirty work in terms of offense. And then you have little contributions in 
albeit inconsistently, you know, uh, uh, Crawford had his moment during the homestand and then has gone cold, was cold before that and is cold now. But, you know, uh, to have everyone kind of finally wake up, get a comeback win, you know, this was a little bit more decisive, even though it was, you know, within three runs, runs, which is a closing situation, technically, uh, it was still nice for them to kind of put together a more collective offensive showing than we've seen thus far this year, where it's just typical Giants baseball. A lot of these one-run games, they're winning these games. They're winning more of them often than they're than they're losing them. But you just want to see a little bit more convincing wins. I know with the Rockies it was four to nothing. That was a little bit more convincing. The Reds was three to nothing. But those are technically, you know, those are those are not too far removed in in terms of, you know, comeback ability in baseball you know if it, i want to see the seven to one the ten to one those weird 16 to four games that happen every so every year in baseball somebody always falls victim to that you know i just want to see a little bit more of that so the 10 to 7 is a nice good start you know, we'll see if they can pick that up and take it into the next series. I hope so, because uh, I think this series is going to be pretty darn good. I mean, obviously, we have one more to go with the Phillies, but uh, let's see if they can get the sweep, because that would be sweet. Um, it's always good to see Bryce Harper get a sweep or get swept. Uh, and, you know, the Phillies, those are our heated rivals from back in the day, not quite the same team that we beat up in 2010 and during the World Series championship seasons. But um, still, I don't know about you, but still kind of nice to see the Phillies go down at the hands of the Giants. It really is. And having Bryce Harper on that team, you know, he could never get over the Giants hump and, and tried very, very hard. I will say, in, to his credit, he was one of the few players on the couple of those big games that actually balled out and felt like he really wanted to win. Uh, couldn't always say that about the rest of those national teams. Sometimes it felt like they all just kind of wanted to lay down and die. <laughs> But having said that, great, great to see, great to get a nice little win over an old school rival. And um, do you remember the, do you remember the fight? I think it was in 2011, that big, crazy brawl on the field uh, uh, right here in San Francisco with Giants and Phillies. That was awesome. And I was kind of, I mean, you know, not, you know what I mean? And so it, it was awesome for, for its, you know, controversialness and its craziness. But I was kind of hoping that that was the start of something really big and Ended up not being. We went on a dynasty and bye-bye Phillies. So, end, end of story. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We will be back later on this week, uh, Thursday. Lots of talk about Warriors. Chef Curry is still cooking uh, and New has record. been uh, just, yeah, we're going to talk about it on Thursday. Raymond, there's MVP talk. A lot of it coming. I said this all the way back in week two, man. I said this back in week two. I called this a long time ago. And uh, we're going to talk a lot about the Warriors and Curry on Thursday. And so concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa Third, And with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa First, baby. Boom. We'll see you next time. Same Gold Cast time. Same Gold Cast channel. This is, is the Gold Cast.